You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say it, Allison. No. <laughs> I put you on the spot. The bunny would say it if she could. She would say it. Welcome to Strange Familiars, in the house of the noisy bunnies. Every time when we go to record. She was quiet, and she was eating peacefully, and she was sleeping before that. And now she's going to pull at her enclosure to make as much noise as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you hear little noises in the background, that's the bunny. Just imagine a cute little bunny, and then you won't be so mad about it. <laughs> On tonight's show, I will be talking with Chris, who has these non-abduction visitors. It sounds like it's going to be an abduction account, but like I've said about mine, he says he really feels like he never left his bed. He also has a really compelling flannel man story, this ghost thing in Colorado, and more. We'll get to Chris in just a moment. I used to play Bedroom Invaders on the tabletop model at the pizza place. I think that was Space Invaders. Oh, okay. <laughs> If you like the content we make at Strange Familiars and you'd like to get more and help us continue to make the podcast besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there. You can choose things like t-shirts or copies of my books and more as rewards. But no matter which tier you choose, all of our patrons get two full episodes of Strange Familiars every month. This month, Allison, Mm -hmm. the next patron show. First patron show for September is the 100th patron episode. That's a round number. (laughs) That is a round number. We'll try to do something. I've got a plan for it. 
kind of special. I think. You like a full circle moment. So yeah, that's kind of be something full circle ish. Kind of what I'm aiming for. But if you sign up as a patron, you get those 100 episodes whenever that one comes out. Until then, 99. It's a lot to binge immediately. And then we're adding two more every month. You can find that at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. And of course, we want to thank all of our patrons for their support. Thank you so much. Without you, we could not make Strange Familiars. All right, let's go ahead and get into this interview with Chris. Tonight, we're talking with Chris, who has some experiences he'd like to share with us, including, I think you phrased it kind of like I did, like a kind of an abduction, but you don't feel you ever left your room, which I completely yeah. understand. Maybe we'll get into some other stuff besides, including a maybe flannel man thing, which I'm excited about. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing good. Thank you. So let's start with this, you know, this maybe abduction stuff, because I think you told me in your email that it started when you were really young, right? Yeah, yeah, I was, oh, God, I mean, I'm talking maybe five, six years old, the earliest memories. I have a, a memory before that, but, yeah, so when I was a kid, I had a bedroom, me and my brother, and it was two twin beds, and there was a, you know, window in the middle. My mom would go out at night. She was a, she liked the bowl, you know, she had the bowling leagues. So she would go out twice a week and uh, go bowling. And I always know when she would come home because she would pull in the backyard, down the driveway, back around, and I would see her headlights, you know, flashing in my window. And I'd look out and I'd be like, oh, yeah, mom's home. Cool. You know, and I'd go back to bed. So one night, normal night, was what I thought. I was in bed and I saw the lights in the in the window. And I, I think I said blinds in the uh, in the email, but it's actually the old school shade, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I pulled up the shade, and it wasn't my mom's car. It was it was just just, just tremendous bright light, it, like blinded me, and it, and instantly like it was just like this this fear came upon me, you know. And I just jumped back in my bed and pulled the covers over my head and went to sleep. So. That happened, and I was like, okay. And then the next day, I woke up, and you know, nothing. I didn't say anything to anyone, and did anything. And so, the following night, it wasn't the same thing. It was this thumping sound on the floor, and it was like this boom, 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 boom. And it came, and it got louder and louder and louder. You know, I was I was a little kid, so I was scared. And I was like. I couldn't figure out what it was. And the next thing was, is there was these three people standing around my bed, two men and a woman. Like that night, I don't really remember what happened at that point. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you know, they did experiments or whatever, you know, or scientists or anything like that. I don't, I don't remember anything. And I just remember falling asleep again and waking up the next morning, what I do remember was every night was that thumping sound, the boom, boom. I mean, it was like someone was hammering the floor with a hammer, you know? And then uh, I, I shared a room with my brother. He never woke up. He never heard a thing, hmm. you know? And I, and I would hear it, and I just kept waking up, and I would see these people 
again, and they were always the same. And it, and it was what's weird is the whole thing. The whole point was is when I never thought of this. This is forty years ago, forty five years ago. I never really thought what it was because it wasn't the typical alien abduction. I didn't go flying in a spaceship. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that when that thumping came, I had this, I mean, I had this fear that just, just paralyzed me. Wow. And I did have sleep paralysis and associated and the, and the, associated with these events or separate from these events or both. Uh, both. Okay. Both. Every time I heard that thump, that pounding, I was paralyzed. I could not move. I was on my back every time, and I just couldn't move. And I would wake up, and or sort of wake up, and I would see these people kind of, well, like I always say they were standing above me, but they, but they were like, all I would see was like from their torsos up. Like they look like full grown people, mm -hmm. but I like my bed didn't like, it was like the, you know, a little toddler bed didn't have a box spring or anything. So it was like, you know, knee high to the ground, you know? Right. And that's, that's about how tall they were, you know, but it was only their torsos, but they were full grown people. And the two men looked exactly alike. They were like twins. And the woman looked like a, you know, she looked like a woman and uh, I don't want to, I'm, I'm losing myself here, but, I don't know what they did, but they were just there. Mm -hmm. And they were always next to my bed. So I wrote to you in the email. At one point was I had this this experience where I was had sleep paralysis. They were next to my bed. The two men on one side, the woman on the other. And I had an out-of-body experience where I could see me in my bed with those people around me. Wow. And they didn't know, I don't think they knew that I was above them looking at them. Mm -hmm. And that's when, like, when I heard your experiences, this just blew my mind because no, I've never in my life have I ever heard anyone say this. I've, I've been following, you know, paranormal stuff and, and aliens and abductions and everyone gets, you know, flown away and <laughs> this and that, and, you know. All the way back to, you know, Betty and what's his name? Barney Hill, yeah. And, uh, Marty Hill, right. And I'm like, no, that never happened. I didn't leave my bed. Mm. And then when I, so I found your podcast through um, Sasquatch Chronicles because you were on that. And then they said, do this, do that. And whenever I do a podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go to day one and I'm going to listen all the way through. So I'm like, you know, I'm probably two years behind your you right now where you're at you mm -hmm. know yeah yeah because i'm a, i'm not like 140 maybe <laughs> you know right right so i'm like okay so i don't know if you've debunked all this stuff or not no but. no and and i still talk about <laughs> the same way every time i mention it i say i call it an abduction experience as a shorthand so people kind of understand what i'm talking about but i always say i don't think i ever left my bed um yeah there's one instance where i woke up in a desert but then I, I was right back in my bed. So that one that one might have been an out-of-body thing or a dream thing or something. But for the most part, like all the other ones, I'm very sure I never left my bed. Right. Yeah. So. See, I know I never did. Mm -hmm. I know. I, I know it. I know I never did. I don't have any, like, memory of anything. Like, you know, like, I know I, that, was, that was my thing. Like, I was like, 
So I never thought, is this real? Is this something? Or am I imagining this? Is this like a weird thing that happened in my life? So when I heard your podcast for the first time, and you even said, I'm, I'm, I'm still at the point where you said like, you got confirmation you were in a podcast with the guy Mike, Mike McClellan, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, all I know is me, you, and that guy are the only three people on earth that had the same experience. <laughs> I think I've heard like maybe one or two other people say it like that. Yeah. Like I don't think I ever left my bed. But uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if people, you know, it became such a thing like in the 90s, you know, the, the alien abduction thing that. Yeah, I don't know if. Well, this was this was 1978. Right, right, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, and mine started happening before I ever knew what that was. You know, Uh, so you know, I I don't feel like I was influenced by that, but yeah, I don't know if people are are influenced by the story they've heard, or you know, maybe their experiences really are getting taken away and something. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't doubt them if they say that's what their experience is. When you saw these people, were they always dressed the same? Every time. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the thing is that when I saw them, I only maybe saw them like three or four times. So it happened, I'm going to say dozens and dozens of times. But I think that I would always, well, this is the thing. I would always close my eyes and pull the covers over my head. Mm. But when I saw them, yes, I always had the same clothes on and they, you know, you're going to laugh. You know, if I remember, they had like a normal, like, we're not going to say flannel, could get into the flannel man yet, but like, it was like a flannel, like a dark, you know, like a brown button down shirt. But the two men were identical. Did they ever move that you remember? No. 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 I just remember them sitting there. And see, the most prominent memory I have is the memory when I'm out of body. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking down at myself and they were just kind of there almost like if you were to look at like two priests praying over you mm-hmm. and they were just kind of leaning over. And all I saw was like their hands were inside their chest. You know, I don't remember them doing anything to me or being mean to me or saying anything to me at the, at the time. Like I said, I was so young and I was so scared that I don't. Like, I, I didn't have, like, the time to say, hey, leave me alone or, you know. Right, right. Did you ever mention so, this to your mom or to your brother or anybody? I mentioned to my mother once about the pounding. Mm-hmm. And she told me, well, you live in, in PA, right? So you have, the, you have the radiators under the windows, the big giant radiators. Oh, you still got them in this house. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom told me it was, like, like some kind of air backup. And that's what she told me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what... Because I, I never heard that in my life ever. But she said, oh, yeah, you know, it'll pound and, you know, make that noise. And that's what her, her excuse always was. Well, not the same so, time every night. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Exactly. Like in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the farmhouse, we would get air in the pipe sometimes. And they, they will bang, but it's not the same time every night. And it kind of. It's in the same rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it tends <laughs> yeah. to keep happening, too. Like until you yeah. take care of it. Even as a little child, like I remember, like okay, she doesn't get it, you know, like, I remember, like, okay, she's not going to understand what I'm saying, or right. she knows that I'm saying, and she's going to lie to me. Right, yeah, she, and she might have just been saying something to calm you down, like, oh, don't worry, yeah, you know, it's just this, yeah. Yeah. 
and the thing is, is like, like I said, like I never, I know I never left my bed. I, I know that. And that's when I heard when you were talking about it and I was like, yeah, no, the same thing happened. But the thing was, is that I have three distinct memories. I have the memory of seeing the bright light out the window. The next night I remember the, them standing over me. And then the third night was me being above them. Mm-hmm. But then after that was just the sound, that sound, that boom, boom, boom. And I knew they were coming. Wow. I don't have any memory, anything. All I remember was I'd pull the covers over my head and go to sleep. And I slept with the covers over my head till I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. I mean, my mother literally told me, she's like, I'm worried that you're going to like suffocate you know, with the covers over your head. It was a, kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. And which is weird is about three weeks ago, my girlfriend, we don't live together, but we, you know, we spend weekends together and stuff. She said, when I don't remember this, and she said that you sleep in with covers over your head. Huh. Which is kind of weird is that I've been getting back into this paranormal stuff because a lot of stuff has happened, other stuff has happened in my life, but, you know, I just kind of blew it off forever, and now I'm starting to have, which I should have mentioned before, I had a lot of nightmares when I was a kid, and I'm starting to have nightmares again, mm-hmm. and for me to put the covers over, like, I would put them on, dude, I'd put them over and, like, tuck them under my head so that it was tight, you right, know, like, right. No one's coming in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She said I did that. I don't remember doing that. Oh, she's with I'm me. <laughs> but I, I came in and I was like, why are you pulling the covers over your head? Like, what's up? And he had no idea. Huh. Yeah, so that's that's another thing. But other than the non-abduction stuff, nothing's ever happened since. And all I remember is that pounding. And I know it, ha- it happens... I mean, night after night after night, and well, but I don't remember seeing or hearing, you know, other than that, and I'd just be afraid, and I and I remember saying to myself, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. That's right. all I remember. Right. Before we leave this topic, you kind of started talking about the way they were dressed a little bit, and you said you didn't want to get into the flannel man thing. You said they had brown shirts, but were they like check pattern? Yeah, they yeah. were. Oh, yeah. interesting. But they weren't, They but they were, they were brown, like a brown and tan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they definitely they definitely were. And do you remember what the and woman was wearing? No, all I remember is she had long blonde hair. But somewhat normal clothes. Nothing stood out to you as anything like outrageous. No, or- no, nothing that they were like aliens or like spacesuits or anything like that. Yeah. No, no, normal clothes. She might have had a dress on or something. If, you know, mm-hmm. like the thing is, they didn't scare me. They didn't scare me when they were there. Like, looking at them, it wasn't a horrible thing. It was more like the fact that why were they there? Right. You know, I don't know if I can express, like, when I heard that pounding, the fear that I had. the, the Like, the paralyzing fear that turned into sleep paralysis is probably worse. Yeah, that's, that, like, it's almost, I think that would almost be worse than just them popping up. Yeah. Yeah. And... and and that, that's what really, really drove me crazy. 
you know, I'd play all day or whatever, summertime. And I, and my, like I said, my mom said it was like the radiator. And I'm like, Mom, it's summertime. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, There's that's no reason. Right. The, the heat's not on. There's no reason for this pounding to be coming on. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah if the heat's not on, I'm, it's not going to happen. But I'm, uh, Tim, I'm telling you, man, that first pound, I was like frozen in fear. Mm. And then I don't know if I was asleep or awake. And then I was, then it was that full blown can't move i can't do anything and i don't remember anything after that wow and this went on for every night for six months at a time wow that's a lot as you got like older said, you're, you're you're literally you're the third person that i've told this story to ever in my life as you got older i know you said you kept sleeping under the covers but did the pounding just kind of stop one day or yes it did it did stop it did stop, but, you know, you grow up, you're 15, 16, 17 year old, you're not afraid of anything, right? Right. Well, I still went to bed, and I, yeah, I, that, those covers were tucked behind my head as tight as they could be, because I didn't know, because it was still, I was still living in that same house, mm -hmm. and uh, as far as I know, I never, it never came back, and I don't know when it ended, but the way I slept until literally, and I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The out-of-body thing, too. I mean, I've, I've heard a, a number of these things where people would, you know, different things would come into their room, uh, whether it be flannel man or, or, you know, grays, whatever it is, and people are outside of their body looking at them, looking at themselves, you know. Uh, yeah. So definitely heard that before, too. That was my main, that's really, really what I, what I wanted to talk to you about, because I hadn't heard that. You know, like I said, I'm 200 episodes behind you right now because I just found your podcast. So mm -hmm. I, I always start, I always start from number one. Mm -hmm. So I'm catching up and now I'm, now I'm on Patreon. So now I'm catching up on those too. You know, Chad, my buddy, investigation partner had one where he saw this hag like woman come into his room and he was outside of his body he's standing next to his bed and he's watching her reach over and, and try to touch him. And wow. he goes back into his body and suddenly wakes up. But yeah, he was he wasn't too happy about that. Yeah, uh, like that's the thing. Like I was, like I said, I was five or six years old, so I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like I didn't know, like like you talk. What do you what do you call them? Scream? Screen memories. Yeah, screen memories. So like I don't see. I didn't know any better. I couldn't have a screen memory because I don't know. You know, as when I was five or six years old, I didn't, I never saw a gray before. I didn't know. Right. Well, it so, wasn't neither that nor sleep paralysis was really part of anything anybody talked about back then. I don't, even, yeah. even when I first, first started getting sleep paralysis, I didn't know what it was. And I was in college, you know, it, right. no one talked about it. This was like a 88, 89, something like that, maybe 1990. Like, I never heard about sleep paralysis before. I didn't know what the heck was happening to me. And I can't imagine how much scary it would be as a kid, you know, that, yeah. you know, as a little kid. I could barely take it when I was 18. When you said, like, you like you told them no and you, like, threw a punch and all that, like, I wish I, wish I could have done that. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't, besides being really scared, I never felt like they were doing something bad to me. Mm -hmm. You know, but... At the same time, I don't know because I was a kid because, you know, your parents said, oh, you know, you're going to do this and do that. So I, I don't know. Oh, there's a lot of I don't knows around this stuff, unfortunately. But uh, it's, yeah. it's super fascinating. Super fascinating. I just wanted to know if anyone had this 
out-of-body experience looking down. I think there might be one other one on the show. And I, you know, I've done 330 plus episodes now, so I cannot tell you what show that was, but I feel like there was one other person who did have that. So you might run into it as you're listening through. Okay. All right. No, that's cool. Like I said, I'm catching up and all I do now, I I mean, I I work now and I, and I do construction. So all I could do is listen to podcasts and now it's just strange familiars all day long. Oh man. Well, that's, that's, that's (laughs) awesome. I'm glad I can, hopefully I make the time go by quickly. Oh, you do. You do, man. Good. But you know what it is? is All all you do is make more memories come up is actually what you do. Mm. I got a ton of stuff. So the earliest thing I remember, which is, is what if we were going to do chronologically before this, when I, I was even younger than the uh, alien thing, I, I guess if I was six, then I was five or four. And I remember my mom used to get up really early in the morning and, and go to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And the one thing was that I would wake up and I would, I would smell the coffee because she would make coffee. And so I would know mom was up and I would hear the cabinets kind of like, you know, she's getting her sugar out and she closed the cabinet and uh, I would go downstairs and I would be the first one to see her. One morning I smelt the coffee. I heard the cabinet open and closing. So you come down so on the second floor and you come down the stairs, you make a right, there's a little hallway and you're in the kitchen. And I walk into the kitchen and lights on and there's, there's nobody there. And all of a sudden Every cabinet, every drawer was open and closed and slamming as hard as I could. Bam, wow. bam, bam. Open and closed, man. And I'm telling you, like, you know when the silverware is in the drawer and you can close it and hear the silverware shaking? Sure, yeah. Same thing, man. As hard as it could, man. Slam every Oof. drawer. every. I mean, every cabinet up high, every cabinet down low. The light was going on and off. And I mean, I'm talking. I might, I might have been as young as I had a diaper on. I mean, I was, and I sat, and I sat there in the middle of this, and it turned into like, like a horror movie where you would like it, the camera would spin around because mm-hmm. it was that scary in slow motion with a 180 lens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and I just, I just ran out of there, and I just ran right back upstairs. Well, like all these things that happened to me, I ran right back upstairs and fell right back to sleep. I don't know why that is. How, like after any of this stuff, like after my thing, you know, I talk about, I fell right back asleep. That makes zero sense. All these Sasquatch encounters you hear about people talking, you know, they're staring in their window. They fall right back to sleep or they're, you know, outside their tent. Somehow I fell asleep. How does that happen? Like that's just, it doesn't make any sense. So nobody else in the house heard the cabinets banging or anything? No. Not unusual. Well, that was just like, the same thing with that that slamming when I knew the that the people were coming to get me. Mm-hmm. My brother was five feet away from me, and he never heard. I mean, this was as loud. I mean, this is loud as slamming a hammer on the floor. Right, right. And nobody heard that, and nobody heard this. And I remember, like I said, I asked my mother. I said, "Did you hear that?" Oh no, she said, "Oh, it's just the pipes," you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, nobody heard, and nobody heard this. And I'm telling you, man, this was full blown. There had to have been, you know, five drawers and fifteen cabinets slamming at the same time, all at different, not at the same time, but all different, all like a rhythm, right? You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And uh, oh my god, it was it was terrifying. That was more terrifying than the other thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Heck yeah. But I'm telling you, I smelt that coffee brewing and the whole thing, and the light was on in the kitchen, and it wouldn't have been on if my mom wasn't down there. Right. And I walked down, and I was like, oh, man, that was the most probably terrifying thing ever happened in my life. Yeah. Wow. Those are really, in that house, those are the most two scary, scary things I've been through. There's been other things. Bring it on. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the other thing in that house about when I was a kid in in New York was, I don't know if this means anything, there was this weird thing in the basement. We had a basement. If you picture it, it's like a C, right? Mm-hmm. So you walk down the stairs. There's one room. There's a hallway, and there's another room, right? And if you go down that one hallway, there's the freezer where we kept, like, you know, like you'd stock up on the meat and stuff. Sure. Yeah. But the only way to get down that hallway was you had to pull that, you know, that light. That You know the old lights when you had to pull the string? But yeah, yeah. So it was dark. So you could get to the first room from the light upstairs, but you had to get into that hall room. You had to pull that light. And and then you had to go past that light to get to the freezer. And every time, man, that light never worked. (laughs) (laughs) And mom would be like, go down and get, you know, get a pound of hamburger or go get a steak, you know. Mm-hmm. And you get to that light, man. It wouldn't work. Well, you had because you know if you didn't get that meat, mom would be pissed. That's you know? right. Yeah, gotta get it. So you would run to that freezer and you'd get it, man. But I'm telling you, as you were leaving, there was this feeling, and it was like a like a creepy chill on your back that someone was right behind you, man. And if you didn't get out of there and get to that light, nothing was going to be okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just a creepy thing. <laughs> I grew up in a farmhouse, and there was one bathroom for eight people in this house. And it was, oh, yeah. We, only, we had the same one. We had one for six. It was uh, <laughs> way down. You had to, it's the same kind of layout. So I had to come all the way down the stairs, through a, a hallway, past the scary-ass basement door, into the kitchen, into the laundry room. The bathroom was finally on the other side of the laundry room. And my dad was a cheapskate. And God forbid you lift a light on, you know, so there's no lights are on. So, you know, you're just a little kid. I had to go down and, you know, you can turn every light you want on on the way down, but you got to turn them all off on your way back. You're going to get in trouble, right? So if you have to use the bathroom at night, man, that was, it was an ordeal, right? Oh, that was a nightmare. Turning every light on as I go, (laughs) but then you got to turn them off as you go out. Now, like the kitchen lights on the other side of the kitchen. So... A, when you have to turn on, you got to go through the dark kitchen and turn it on. B, when you turn it off, you got to turn off and then walk through the dark kitchen. There's no light in the hallway. The hallway is dark at that point. You got nothing till the, till the basically the top of the stairs at that point. It's all dark. That was a very similar thing for me. I just remember every time getting through that hallway past that basement door, it, and it's it's just dead dark. There was nothing. There's no kind of nightlight or anything. You know, and yeah. I, I knew I'd get in trouble if I left the light on. So, you know, it was the same kind of feeling, just like, oh, just let me get out of here. There's something creepy there. So, yeah. and I, like, you wonder, like, is that a thing just because you're afraid of the dark, or is that like a thing that's for real? Yeah. I mean, later in life, when I had the other stuff going on in college, I did kind of see something there that did kind of confirm to me that something was going on. Uh, yeah. I haven't, gone, I haven't gone back to confirm myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish that I dealt with my stuff when I was in college. I might, I might have been, I might have dealt with it better. Oh, but maybe I feel luckier that I was went through the same thing you went through as a child, mm. because I didn't like I didn't have an explanation. I couldn't. I didn't fight back because I didn't know how to fight back. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you woke up swinging. Like I was like, eh, I mean, I don't know. Like <laughs> I was just like, I'm just happy to be awake and you know going to the lake and going fishing. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The last thing was. I know you're gonna you're gonna ask me this later, but I'll I'll, I'll save that about black dogs. But ah. um, there's this one thing. This is now I'm older and I'm uh, I'm working now. I'm doing I the same thing I do now. I do painting and drywall, and uh, we got this job up uh, this mansion, and it was like a like 15 bedrooms and 17 bathrooms, but it was built in like the 20s. Without giving my location, there's a Roaring Twenties on the, we'll call it the Gold Coast. And if anyone knows what the Gold Coast means, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So we are working on this job for, you know, these, these people bought it and they were, they lived in California and we could just go there and work whenever we wanted. I had to work on the covering the floors on, on the inside of the house. And they had this grand stairway. I mean, you know that the one that like it's huge at the bottom. It's probably ten feet across, and then it turns and it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, and yeah. it goes it goes up to the second floor. If you can imagine that mm-hmm. in an old house, right? So I have to cover all this stuff with this real heavy cardboard because we're going to start like ripping the plaster out of the wall. So it can't. We're going to keep the floors nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm there, and 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 it was always this house was there. We had like three years to finish this job, and so you know if you had a couple extra hours, you want to make some overtime, you could go to the mansion. So this was a Thursday night, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I gotta make some extra money. I'm gonna go. So I just go, and I'm start, and I'm covering the floors, and I swear I, I I'm hearing like there's people upstairs. You know, not really footsteps, but I'm, like, hearing something. And I know I'm by there by myself. And I don't have, like, earphones in. This is, you know, 19, in the 1990s, you know. And, you know, if anything, I would have the radio plugged into the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have anything. And, of course, the thunderstorm rolls in. <laughs> it's, right on, it's right on the beach, you know. And it's just thunder and lightning. It's dark. And it's, it's, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's dark as night, you know because the storm rolled in and it's a thunder and lightning and I'm hearing this chatter and this talking. And then I hear these footsteps. I'm like, okay, what was that? And I'm there by myself. There's no one in the place. And I'm like, okay. And I, they're distinct boot steps, you know, to the point where they're coming, where I'm, I'm working my way up the stairs, covering the stairs. Cause there's these beautiful mahogany stairs, you know, Mm-hmm. And I'm working my way up, and this guy's kind of coming towards me slow with a point where it was fast, and he started running. And he was like, coming down these stairs to the point where I was like, he was two feet away from me, man. I turned out, I ran out that door. I didn't lock it. I didn't shut it. And I got in my car, and I drove home. Oh, man. And I was like, and I called the boss, and I was like, no, nah, I'm, ne- I'm, I'm never going back there again. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, no, nope, nothing. I'm never going back there again. Wow. 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was hearing the podcast earlier when you were saying about the souls of people where you're not sure like if we communicate with the souls of dead people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I felt like, to me, that was a, that was a dead person, right? Mm-hmm. So I did want to tell you this story. Is it now? All right. Now, so now I'm living in, in Colorado. So the, the first night that I move into this place, so a friend of mine, he was living out there. He was living with a bunch of dudes in this house. And he broke up with his girlfriend. And he was like, listen, can you come and just pay the rest of my rent, you know, for the lease of the rest of the time? And, you know, I'm going to leave because, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And I was like, yeah, sure. It'd be go to Colorado. It'd be great, you know. I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. So I went out there. And so the first night, all I got is, you know, a backpack of sleeping bag and my guitar. You know, like, I, I don't know nothing. So I get out there and I'm sleeping. And he's got this really cool balcony. So it's it's like a townhome. And it's like five stories high. And he's got the top floor of the townhome. So you had to pay a little extra rent to live up there. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know about maybe, I don't know, two, three, 400 square feet. And you have your private balcony and it's looking west. And you can see the, if you've ever been to Boulder, you can see the, the front range. So I was like, this is awesome, you know? So I just happened there. I just, you know, laid my, my sleeping bag out right by this door by the balcony. And uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and the door is hitting me in the head. And I was like, dude, what the heck, man? What's up with that door? And he's like, what are you talking about? And it was like, no, every, I was like, I'm sleeping all night, and this door kept opening and hit me in the head, and I would shut it. And I just thought it was like a bad breeze or something, you know. So then he moves out, and it's just me living there. So it was big enough that I had, like, my bed, and I had a little chair that I would read in. And I would look out, you know, and I'd go on the balcony, or I'd sit inside, and I, would, I could see, you know, the door of the balcony. And I would literally see the door open. I'd see the, the doorknob turn, and the door would open. Oh, wow. I was like, okay, that's freaky. And I would go over there, like, close it. And then literally, it would be like, another, I'd be sitting there reading again another 20 minutes. And I would look, I would hear it go, and I would hear it. And I would, and the doorknob would literally turn and the door would open. Wow. And I was like, okay. So this was going on now. And I, you know, it never, like, it was never a bad feeling. It was just like, okay. It was more annoying because when the winter came, it's cold in Colorado and, you know, and the door can't be open all night. Right. You know? right. So this kept going on and I would shut the door and this went on for literally about six months. And I would just kept shutting the door, shutting the door, shutting the door. And then one day I was downstairs talking to the neighbor out of nowhere. The neighbor was like, hey, you know what happened up there? And I was like, and I've talked to this neighbor like a hundred times, you know. And I was like, what do you mean what happened up there? You know, I've known you for a year now. What are you talking about? And they were like, 
well, that dude committed suicide. He jumped off your balcony and died. Oh, wow. That was when, like I, like I said, I'm 200 podcasts behind you, but you were like, I don't know if the souls are the souls of dead people, but that one I believe, man. Yeah, because I mean, I've, I've sort of shifted, and I think, you know, I think sometimes they are, you know. I mean, and it really, who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I'm not calling you out. Uh, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. But, yeah, I've grown more uh, amenable to that uh, idea. But the craziest thing is, is that as soon as this woman told me this and I went back upstairs, it never happened again. Oh, that's interesting. Did you ask your, your uh, friend, did that happen when he was there? He said no. Huh. Yeah, when I moved, because I, I literally told him, I was like, what is going on with this? He, he, he kept saying, I have no idea what we're talking about. Wow. And he moved out, and he said nothing ever happened. So it was when I moved in that this started happening. Wow. And he was like, I don't know. And he, like, you know, basically told me I was crazy. And I'm telling you, man, I saw that doorknob open. And like I said, when and out of nowhere, this neighbor was like, oh, yeah, it was uh, a couple of years ago. And this guy, blah, 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 and he jumped off the balcony. It was like five. It was like 50 feet high. Mm-hmm. So that's how high it was. Yeah, he killed himself. But as soon as she told me that story, it never happened again. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, so I was like, why did he want me to know that? Like. Right, yeah, and I guess my other question would be, did your friend, when he was living there, did he know that? Is that why it wasn't happening to him? Like, did they tell him that when he moved in or something? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he knew. I don't think anyone knew. Never knew. Huh. Yeah. I I think it was just a thing that, because it was one of those things where people move in and out all the time. It was, you know, it it was Boulder, it was Boulder, Colorado, so it's like college town, Mm -hmm. people move in and out, who knows, you know. Stuff happens, you know. Right, right. You know, every six months, people are changing their address, you know. Yeah, sure. But it was just another thing that I thought about now that I haven't thought about in, you know, that was in 19, well, we'll go back to Flannel Man. It was 1998, 96, hmm. around there. You want to hear that one? I, I definitely want to hear Flannel Man, yes. Because <laughs> I'm still wondering if you're doing the Flannel Man thing. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to all catch right. it. That's my Pokemon. i got to catch them all. So it snowed. I was living in, in Colorado. It snowed the night before. It snowed about six foot of powder, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was in February. And I, I love snowshoeing. So I was like, I'm going snowshoeing. I'm going to go find, you know, somewhere to go. So I got up in the morning. I borrowed my buddy's car. And I left in the morning and I drove up. Uh, I can't even remember. I can't even tell you where, you know, there's all these different like passes that you can go up into, you know, mm-hmm. and you just go and it's open land, you know. So I went, I went snowshoeing for, you know, a bunch of hours and I was coming back home and coming down from about, I'm going to say about 10,000 feet back down into around 6,000 feet. You know, it's switchbacks, but they're roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're they're about maybe a quarter mile switchbacks. Mm-hmm. Like I know you know what a switchback is. So on your left is a cliff, and on your right is a cliff going up high, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm driving down this road, and and it's during the week in the middle of nowhere because I wasn't like I said I wasn't working, and there's this dude walking in the road, like I was in the middle of nowhere. So there's someone walking down this these switchback roads. 
you know, they're in trouble. Right. So I pull over. He wasn't hitchhiking. He wasn't doing nothing. He was just walking down the road. And I pull up next to him. And the next thing I remember, well, I do remember he's got, you know, the blue puffy down jackets? Yeah. Right? So that's what he's wearing. He's got a hat on. All I can see is his back because he's his back's to me as I'm driving down the switchback. So I pull up and I, you know, I was, what the hell are you doing out here, man? But I didn't say anything to him. The next thing I remember is he's sitting in my car. He's got his blue down jacket across his lap. And he's got a flannel shirt on. Well, wait a minute. So you don't remember him actually like opening the door or like. Nope. No. Wow. But, and then, but what he says was, as I remember him sitting with his blue jacket across his waist, was he says, thanks for the ride. But I don't remember him opening the door. Wow. And I don't even remember, like, like to the point, like, all I remember is slowing down and being like, this dude is in trouble. Right. Right? Because, you know, that's what the neighborly thing to do is. So the next thing, literally, I, I look over and he's in my car. And he's got his thing, his, you know, his blue down jacket across his lap. And he's got a flannel shirt on. He's got his hat on. And he's looking forward. And he never says one word to me. He says, thanks for the ride. And then I drive. And he, ne dude, he never looks at me. He's looking forward the whole time. He never says one word. And I thought this guy was going to kill me. Like, I thought there's a serial killer, to be honest with you. And now I'm driving down these switchbacks, and it's on your left is a straight cliff. On your right is a cliff going up the other way. Mm -hmm. And then he says, this is fine, after I drove him about three, four miles. So then he gets out of the car, and the one thing was, so I don't know about this with Flannel Man, he hands me a pencil. Hmm. And he says, and I mean, this is a number two pencil. I mean, sharpened to perfection. And he says, here, this is my favorite pencil. And he walks out the door and I'm looking at the pencil and I'm talking uh, two seconds. I look in the rear view mirror. I look in the uh, side view mirror. The dude's gone. Wow. And there is nowhere for him to go. Wow. Because there was a cliff on one side and a cliff on the other side. To let you out at this point, I was like, uh, like if it, you know, if it was a normal person, I would have been like, no, you're going to die. What, right, what? yeah. What, yes. are you, it's crazy. what are you doing? Yeah. But, he, but, dude, he never looked at me. He, I never saw his face, dude. He looked forward the whole time. But I'm telling you, wow. I had that physical pencil. I wish I still had it. I was going to ask if you still had it. Oh, yeah, I wish oh. I did because I kind of blew it off because you know what it was? I thought it was like this crazy mountain man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, at the time I was like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. But, dude, he had on the hat, black and red plaid, oh, wow. the blue jeans, wow. the boots, everything. Wow. Oh, man. Everything. Amazing. Oh, it's Everything. creepy. And, yeah. And those are my, f I, I love all the flannel man stories, but those are my favorite ones. The ones that like happen when people are hundred percent awake, you know, they, they weren't dreaming and waking up in these, he's in the house or anything. They're, you know, oh, yeah. they're out doing something and then they just run into this weird guy, you know, something weird about him and he's wearing flannel. Oh man, that's, that's a great one. 
this really happened? And I was just like, well, the thing was, is which was amazing was that he took his jacket off mm-hmm. when he got in the car. Right, right. And he had the, they had the flannel. Yeah, but you not remembering, like, you didn't even get a chance to ask him if he wanted a ride, right? Nope. He, he just, yeah. Suddenly he's there. Like, my, my intention was, are you okay? Right, right. But the next thing was, is he's in my car. Wow. Wow. And the pencil was physical, just like regular pencil. Oh, it was, yeah, I had it. I had it. You know what? I don't know if I had it when I got home, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because I was so freaked out. Because I, I really thought the guy was going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I thought. Like, I was like, okay, I just totally, like, picked the wrong dude. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, wow. And it was such a weird thing that he was like, this is my favorite pencil. And that's all he said to me the whole time. Yeah, that is so and, weird. And I, so I was like, so, yeah, so I was like, all right, just get out of my car. Bye. But at the same time, like, I mean, I looked at that pencil and I looked at my, and he was gone, man. Wow. And there was nowhere to go. Amazing. There was nowhere to go. That's amazing. You know, switchbacks and in the, in the hiking, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine Swissbacks on a road. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't go anywhere. Right, yeah. And There's, why it, the hell anybody would try to walk down that? Like, especially in those conditions, you're taking your life in your own hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. So, okay, you skipped over the black dogs, because that's, you know, when I am talk flannel man, I ask about black dogs, so you got to tell me that. Yeah. Well, see, this is a... A black dog story that is physical black dogs. Okay. So one day, um, uh, so now I'm back. I don't even know what year it is. And we're going probably back in time now. I don't know where I am in life. But I'm living at my mom and dad's house. And I got a pickup truck. And I was out at the bar. And I'm driving home. And I pull in the driveway. And I get out of my car. And there's these three black pit bulls. And you Google black pit bulls, man. They're the evilest things you'll ever see in your life. (laughs) They were growling and snarling at me. Mm. And I know all my mom's neighbors. Nobody has pit bulls. Nobody. And there's three of them in the driveway. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, you know, and I'm kind of cool with animals. Like, you know, I can... I'm like, yeah, all right, calm down, cool. And then these things would know. They they were they were gonna come and get me, man. I jumped in the back of my pickup truck and these things came after me. Mm. And I have never, ever felt the fear of being attacked by an animal or a dog. Mm-hmm. And not, not an animal, but a dog. And these things and they were coming at me, man, and then they were scratching on my the back of my tailgate. And I remember there was one, there was a beer, a random beer on my back of my truck, man. And I took it and I smashed it on one of these things' heads, and they ran away. That was it. Mm. I mean, black. You know, you say black dogs, but yeah, I have no no one in the neighborhood had pit bulls. No one. And I called I called the police, and I was like, I made a report, and I was like, there's these random weird dogs and this pack of dogs that are trying and then they were like you're crazy (laughs) and i'm telling you man these things were the ugliest nastiest things i've ever seen in my life and i don't know if they had red eyes and i don't remember because 
I was just so afraid that they were going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. This was physical. This wasn't mental. Mm-hmm. You know, right? This it, like I like I literally had to jump in the back of my truck, or they were going to eat me alive. Wow. Mm. The other thing is too is I grew up with black dogs because we had black labs my whole life. Mm-hmm. So like when you say oh, did you see black dogs, I'm like, well, yeah, every day. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw black dogs my whole life. Yeah. You know. So the one thing was is I do have a funny story, and I hope after getting out of that, you know, that crazy stuff, well, I had this one, this one black lab. Her name was Cagney, and she was my favorite dog in the world. And one day I came home from work. I was just eating a little sandwich, and I tell you, swear to God, that dog looked at me and said, mm, "That looks good." What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, whether it was mind speak or not. She, right. I, I swear she said it. Wow. She said, oh, that looks good. I swear to God, because I remember that. And that, that was something like I've never told anybody. <laughs> Were you a kid when that happened or what? Yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, I was like like maybe 16. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. That's awesome. Anyway, so now, now I'm in North Carolina. So I don't have a lot of crazy stuff. But I do have two experiences that probably are important. All right. I had sleep paralysis both times. I had this feeling of seeing both times exactly the same. I had this feeling of this shadow person jumping on me and taking their fists and punching it into my chest. And then I would wake up. Hmm. And I, would, I wouldn't have sleep paralysis anymore. Was your chest sore when you woke up? Yeah. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I felt it. It was like, I played football, man. I mm-hmm. mean, it was, it was straight up, you know. And it happened at least twice that I remember. Besides having, never in my life. And I had that paralysis again until the last couple of years. Hmm. How old are you? So I went through all that crap, all the stuff I just told you and all that stuff. I never, nothing, you know, I hmm. never had sleep paralysis. Are you in your 40s now, you said? Yeah, I'm 49. Okay. Yeah. And, and this was recently that you had sleep paralysis. Yeah, this, yeah, this was in the last year. Yeah, it's, it's, that's. Fairly unusual. I mean, I I want to say I had it probably the last time I had it, I was probably in my late 40s, but it was quick. It was over quickly. And before that, I hadn't had it since like my mid 30s, probably. So it had been, you know, all, at least 10 years or something since the last time. But I don't think I've had it since. Okay. So, yeah. Let me ask you this because, like I said, I'm so far behind. I just listened to me and my wife listen to you. With Soraya and I think Michael McCullough, when you're talking about your gray experience, yeah, mm-hmm. with them running around the room. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Has that happened again? No, no. That was the last time <laughs> I, I saw those things. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> what? All right. So my whole thing is, is that me and you have the exact kind of, for me, we have the same experience, and then I'm like. All right, so now he's talking about this crazy stuff. I'm like, am I just going to happen to me now? <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I did have a, a thing where 
I thought I was getting text from them. It was really weird. Um, no. It, so this was 100% a dream. So I was, I was in West Virginia at a paranormal conference. Chad was with me. And we had like an Airbnb looks like out in a, it was in Morgantown, West Virginia, but we were staying like out in the, this holler outside of town, which I prefer anyway. But uh, I, I made a joke when we got there. I said, dude, Bigfoot's going to come out of the woods and knock on the house tonight. You watch. Totally joking. No totally joking. We went and did the conference and we got back. And I remember thinking like, so my wife sleeps so late on because of her flannel man experience. She sleeps I know. late on. Yeah. So I thought like, oh. I'm, I can sleep with the light off tonight. You know, th- this will be like a, you know, a, a, a novelty for Best me. Best ever. So I turn the light off, and I get a text in my dream that I, I don't know how I knew it was from the grays, but I did, and it was like it looked different than other texts. It was like a, like a I think it was like a red and gold kind of uh, look to it, and it said, "When you sleep with the light on, you're just avoiding confrontation with us." No. And I wake up and I'm not kidding. I wake up and right did you look at your phone? I did not, not right then, but right above my head, as soon as I wake up from the outside of the house, outside wall, there's a just a massive thud right on the side of the house. And I was in no mood to go out looking for big. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Uh, I, I got up, I used the bathroom, I went right back to bed, went back to sleep. I, was like, I am not dealing with this now. But uh, yeah, that was the last time I had, you know, th- th- you know, I, I don't know if X considered anything from them, but it was bizarre because I had this, they were like acknowledging that I was sleeping with the light off and then I wake up and bam, right on the Oh screen. man, they knew. They're friends with Allison. <laughs> Word. But I, I have to tell you something, this, like, all right, first of all, I get two, I got two more and then quick. Okay. The one is. When I listen to the podcast about the Black Eyed Children, like I said, I'm way behind where you are now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I listened to that. The Black Eyed Children, I had a nightmare. And I was just like, okay, it scared me because. But I had three Black Eyed Children in my nightmare corner me and kill me. Mm. So then the other night, I'm sleeping, middle of the night, dude, knocking. Can you hear that? Mm hmm. Three, three in a row, right on my window, right next to my bed. Wow, that's yeah, that's a like, nope for me. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I was, I was petrified. So is that something like, like, I'm just sorry to be like, annoying, you can ask. I just have to ask, like, now that he's more in tune to it, because I always ask him questions. I'm like, you can't just let this go. You need to talk about it. Like, you have to. And so, I'm so happy that you guys are talking, but. Now that he's talking about it more, is it is? Are they, do they know? I feel like they know that you're more in tune to it now, and like that's why you're hearing the knocking, like last night, like the so, other night. Like, yeah. I mean, short answer is I don't know, and nobody knows. But my feeling is yes, and we've described it like in terms of uh, Lord of the Rings, like you put on the ring, and the big eye turns and looks at you. So yeah, yeah I, I feel like the the more you you kind of devote to the stuff you know mentally and otherwise the more you're gonna get it yeah for better i mean and for i worse. think it's special man i think yeah. it's a cool thing it's terrifying but it's amazing because so, well introduce yourself i'm the only one that he's really told about this and i'm so, like i totally believe you i believe everything about it and 
So when I, so I'd say when I to, when I told you that I only told three people, she was the first, and you're the second mm. about all this stuff. And uh, it's hard to go through life being like, oh yeah, this crazy stuff happened to me. Yeah, nobody really believes you, and I'm like, I believe you. And she did. Well, yeah, in, until I started the podcast, I barely ever brought like, – I didn't talk about, like, abduction stuff, like, gray aliens. Come on. Like, people laugh you out of the room or they'll make dumb jokes about, you know, being probed or whatever. So All right. I, I kept but Actually, Tim, can I go back to a serious thing? Sure, yeah. All right. With, like you said – and I listened to you, you know, like, the things that you said, like, you all of a sudden you realize they were gray aliens. Mm-hmm. I don't want to realize they're gray aliens. Like to me, they were just people. I mean, and it, I always, I always want them to think that they're just people. If, I mean, if that's honestly, if that's what you remember, don't let anybody convince you otherwise. You know, uh, for me, it was a matter of like, like that memory fell away. The, the original memory of them being surgeons or whatever fell away, and I can't see them as that anymore. But no, I mean, there's no reason to think that they weren't. You know, people or, right. or you know, at least in the forms of people. Yeah, I, I like. I always say, I, I think I'm blessed because I was a child. Mm-hmm. Well, he so, was too, though. No, he was in college. Oh, so the first time you've ever encountered that was in college. Yeah, although there is like when I look back, when I was very young. It's weird because when you were you were telling your story, Chris, about like here. Well, you said about the witches. I know yeah. about the witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that. So, so, yeah. and I didn't think that was anything other than a recurring dream until I started like getting into this stuff and looking back. And I and now I just go, eh, I wonder because I really didn't think I was sleeping. I was awake. You know, I was awake in my bed, scared covers up over my nose at least, if not over my head for sure, and just <laughs> yeah. just, just thinking like they can't. I just knew, like, they can't hear me, they can't hear me, they can't hear me. So, so, you know, I wonder if that was something else. Do your parents know about this or no? Uh, my uh, my parents are both deceased and were deceased before I started the podcast and really started, like, writing about this and stuff. So oh. I wish – my mom, I feel like, knew something, like uh, like – she, there was definitely like, she woke me up when I was eight years old one time and told me to come out. She like asked me if I wanted to come outside and see a UFO. So, you know, she saw the UFO. We with had, me. And then, you know, Tim, we just listened to that actually. Yeah. And then another time I saw a, a, a will the wisp in an orbit in sort of the, we had a grove down the, by our barn, just kind of floating through there one night. And I asked my mom, I didn't know what it was. I was just a kid. Yeah. I said, Mom, what is that? What is that? She said, oh, it's just a will-o'-the-wisp. Very calm and very matter-of-fact to the point yeah. where I thought they were like fireflies. I thought it was normal. You know what I mean? Because she, right. she was just like, oh, it's just a will-o'-the-wisp. I wish I could have talked to her about it more, but my mom had MS, and she kind of had a um, uh, a rough time with it, and it, it did affect her mentally. So, you know, by the yeah. time I got into this stuff, uh, you know, to the point where I would have been able to, you know, been willing to ask her and talk about it. I think I don't think she would have remembered much. Yeah. We just listened to actually, like I said, we're so far behind in podcasts that we just listened to that. Yeah, I probably tell the same stories. I think it much. was I think it was a Patreon episode, and it was which I just joined. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> no, it's awesome, dude. Because I I didn't realize because you know I was like, oh, those are way better. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to do you know spread the love across the regular show and the patron shows. So thank you, man. Thank I you, mean... Chris. Thanks so much for sharing your stories. Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours presents Transcendent Paranormal Conference and Vendor Fair. Saturday, September 17th, 2022, at the Scranton Cultural Center, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Three floors of vendors. Presentations from Jason Halls, Sherry DeBenedetti, The Paranormal Couple, Eric Altman, and Timothy Renner. For more information, email info at wyomingvalleyghosttours.com or go to facebook.com slash Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. That's facebook.com slash Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours. So Chris emailed me a couple days after our interview, maybe a week, and said he was having a lot of like pretty scary activity in his house, and he asked me if... That had ever happened to anybody else I interviewed. We don't do outro interviews where we say, like a week later, so did anything scary happen since the interview? I've had a couple of people contact me and say say that, like, talking to us seemed like it stirred some stuff up, but nothing really aggressive. From what he wrote, whatever's going on sounds pretty aggressive. So gave him some advice, and then I didn't hear from him since. So, Chris, if you're listening, I hope it all settled down, and hopefully you can come back on and tell us what happened, because it sounded scary, but it also sounded very interesting. The double-edged sword of the paranormal. Right, yeah. yeah. You get and life generally. <laughs> this is a CDB. Tis. Is it from the UK? It is. For a while, I was collecting photographs that came from towns where bands I like lived. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most Allison thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So this one's from Manchester. It is. I collect Manchester, Liverpool, and Nuneaton, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong. You know how you say it. However (laughs) the people that live there say it. Yeah, and I don't actually know. So these are uh, twins? Yes. Or Or brothers, at least. Yeah, or brothers, at least. And uh, they're coming to take your soul. Yeah, they've got sort of like um, a fancy sort of, they're not exactly a little Lord Fauntleroy, but they're, um, they've definitely got an aesthetic all around. <laughs> it's a foppish children of the corn. It is. <laughs> I imagine they they would just sort of annoy you into submission. <laughs> <laughs> the dates for CDVs in the UK, same as in the US, essentially, when they were making CDVs? Uh, with some slight variations. I've seen some Irish ones that date in a slightly different manner. But this, from the clothing, I would say this is probably more like 1880s. 1880s. It's been a little while since we had a CDV as our curiosity of the week. Yeah, this one actually has kind of a cool backmark on it, too, um, with lettering that's all made out of, like, sticks, mm-hmm. which is sort of one of your things I know you've always liked to do. Is There's a word for that, probably. Probably. Script made out of figural things. These boys are... Uh, quite cute, quite velvety, and they have striped socks, which was a thing I was collecting for a while, too, because I used to really begin to stripe tights. So here we go. Now they can be your creepy twins. All right, there'll be an image of this in the show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop, where you can purchase this photo and other curiosities of the week. 
and other old photos Allison has put there. She put quite a few of them up there. Besides that, we have Strange Familiars t-shirts. We have my books. If you order them from Etsy, they come signed. You don't even have to ask. I sign them before I pack them up and send them out. It's the only place you can get my hard book, Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other, because I have not figured out how to get distribution for that yet. Etsy is our distribution, I suppose. <laughs> you can grab that on Etsy and lots of other stuff there as well. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out our friends at Karmic Garden, and Chad has a shop on there too. It's called Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Everybody's got an Etsy shop. It's the cool place to be. Remember the days when you could just like stick an international reply coupon on something and mm-hmm. just put some cash in the mail and then seven and a half months later, <laughs> something from another country would come back to you or the catalog so that you could purchase something and another seven months would go by. So long that you've forgotten that you've ordered it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it well. Should we talk about the new t-shirts? I think we should. So I did something. I ordered a bunch of new t-shirts. Now, they're the Awoken Tree design, the logo for the podcast, the tree with the eye, that you all know and hopefully love. But these, and the great tradition of uranium glass and all the other glow-in-the-dark stuff. In 1970s, Death of Richie era Richie room. (laughs) That's a deep cut. (laughs) These are glow-in-the-dark. You can charge them up in the light, in the sunlight, you know, how glow-in-the-dark stuff works, and you turn it out and then... It'll glow. You'll have a glow-in-the-dark, strange, familiar shirt. I think these are going to be limited. We made them basically for my upcoming appearances. We'll put them on Etsy as well. So if you want a glow-in-the-dark, strange, familiar shirt, they are coming. I think we should have them by maybe the last week of September, first week of October. If you're coming to Albert Switch Day, we'll have them there. I just imagine like a strange, familiar fashion show in this sort of like lumbering, very slow-walking Bigfoot in the shirt gets to the end of the runway and like does the the patty turn (laughs) and then goes back the other way which is kind of what models do generally right (laughs) so you could layer you could do the strange familiar shirt with a red and black flannel over top you absolutely could that's got a chad that's like a chad look Mm -hmm. we unfortunately probably won't have the glow in the dark shirts for my appearance at transcendent but please come and see me anyway because i'll have my books there That will be in Scranton, Pennsylvania, at the Scranton Cultural Center on September 17th. This is coming up soon. I will be at Transcendent. I am giving a talk there on Toad Road and the Seven Gates of Hell, I I guess. I heard that you're next to the Dunder Mifflin booth. I might be. We will definitely have the -the glow-in-the-dark shirts on October 8th for Albatwitch Day, though, in Columbia, Pennsylvania, at the Columbia Riverfront. I will be speaking there as well. I don't know what I'm going to be speaking about. I'll figure it out. It'll be good, I promise. I'll make it a, I'll make it That's a good home talk. turf, though. That's, yeah, exactly. That's a home game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I might do something on the Witch Cloud. I'm not sure. I'll talk about something on Alba Twitch Day. But we will have Gold in the Dark Strange Familiars t-shirts there as well. So come out and see me. I am no longer appearing at the Wunderkammer thing in Gipsburg. So I will not be speaking there. But if you want to see me, my two in-person appearances this year so far are Transcendent, September 17th in Scranton, Pennsylvania, at Scranton Cultural Center, and Alba Twitch Day, October 8th in Columbia, Pennsylvania, at the Columbia Riverfront. There's another thing I'm doing. I'm not, I think it's a private event, though. I don't, mm. I'll announce it if I can. 
towards the end of October. I'll find out if people are allowed to come to that, and I'll announce that if I can. Otherwise, my schedule is open. So if you want me to appear at your paranormal conference, give me a shout. Dance card not yet full. Dance card not full at all. I had originally overbooked myself for the fall here, but I think I thinned it out. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. We live our entire lives knowing that death awaits us. Many believe that some part of us endures. Eyewitnesses swear to have seen spirits of the dead haunting the living and even appearing during alien abductions. Is the UFO mystery reaching out to us from beyond the stars or from beyond the grave? This staggering implication demands not only scrutiny of the UFO phenomenon, but near-death experiences, ancient monuments, ley lines, the fey folk, cryptids, and more. I'm Joshua Cutchen. I'd like to invite you into the Ecology of Souls, a new mythology of death and the paranormal, a comprehensive theory of all things supernatural framed through the lens of our final transition. Join me as we journey from the depths of prehistory to the present, from the outer space of the cosmos to the inner space of the self. Ecology of Souls, Volumes 1 and 2, now available from Amazon in print and as a combined ebook. Welcome to the Ecology of Souls. Are you fascinated by UFOs, the occult, strange history, and more? On October 14th through the 16th at SIR Nashville, the Strange Realities Conference 2022 will take place. Three days of exploring the mysteries of the supernatural, history, UFOs, the occult, and much, much more. Featuring presentations by Steve Berg, Micah Hanks, John Tinney, Adam Gorightly, Tim Banal, Christopher Ernst, Samantha Engel, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Melody Blackthorn, Dr. Future, Soraya Askath, Timothy Ritter, Aaron Gullius, Delaney Bowers, Olaf Phillips, and David Metcalf. With workshops by Kiki Dombrowski, Ren Collier, and Michael Hughes. Come join us in Nashville or online. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Find out what everyone is talking about. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word. And you can find us on the web at www.strangefamiliars.com.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.